my wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Big Q&A. This is the drive time and this is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, the South Australia Regional Coordinator for Faith FM and if you like to make a comment or have your questions answered, you can text me on 0401-305-077. You can email us also info at faithfm.com.au or visit our website faithfm.com.au. It's always a pleasure to be with you and uh, today it's uh, no difference. Uh, we have a very interesting uh, subject uh, to talk about uh, today. Is biblical creation dead? And for the first part of our program, I have as guest um, David Lima for Family Voice Australia. David, it's good to have you with us. Yeah, great to be back with you, Nick. And David, we live in a very special time, mm. particularly with uh, what happens just on the other side of the world. Yes. Uh, right now, people are still waiting for results there. True, true. And um, I don't know, um, many times we looking at the United States and whatever happens there, we're thinking will affect us in a way or the other. This is true. But today I'd like to talk to you about something very significant because we are, um, the whole week we tackle this subject of uh, creation. And um, David, at Family Voice Australia, mm. what is your perspective on creation? Yes, that's a good question, Nick. Uh, creation is the fundamental work of God. It's absolutely foundational to everything. We need to get this right. In the beginning, God created. Those are the opening words of Scripture. Mm. And God envisioned reality. And then he spoke it into existence. We read about God as a God who calls things that are not as though they were. And he calls the dead into life. So wonderfully, God envisioned creation and then he spoke it into reality. And he's made human beings in his image and set them to work in the garden to be good stewards. So our prime work as God's people, in fact, as human beings, is to steward creation. So we really need to get that very fundamental point right in our thinking. Mm, mm, that's very important. And uh, as you mentioned that, uh, uh, David, what does creation say to us about God's plan for human relationships? Yes, yes, very important. You know, when they went to Jesus and they asked him about a question of law, about divorce, in fact, he referred them to creation. So we need to keep going back to creation to see the fundamental truth of what God has done. He has made humanity in his image, male and female. He's made us uh, for himself. Mm-hmm. He's, he has taken that action to create, and we are in his image, and we are to be vessels of his Holy Spirit. So mm. it's all there at creation. But more than that, Jesus said, have you not understood at creation God made them male and female? So uh, th- that was a live issue, if, if you like, in the time of Jesus, because Jesus was speaking about relationships there, that a man and woman will be joined together, they'll become one flesh. God will unite them, in fact, and that's very different to people who are just living together. Yes. Uh, because God is the author of marriage, because right at creation he had in mind the end of 
the cosmos, mm. which is the wedding between his son and the bride. Mm-hmm. So very important that we get our understanding of relationships right. Human relationships are a created order that God has in mind. Yeah, and when you say that, uh, you know, uh, we, when we talk about creation, we we think mainly about uh, how God created the world, you know, these mm. worlds and everything, the, the heavens and mm-hmm. earth, mm. and not thinking too much about uh, what he instituted, as you just said, the uh, the marriage yes. institution, indeed. Um, the Sabbath institution, correct, and all all those things very important to know God and understand God yes. in creation. Uh, also, from that point of view, yes. Now, also, I have another question which I like to ask you today: How does God speak to us through creation? Yes. Well, creation reveals to us marriage. It also reveals to us parenting, because when Adam and Eve came together the issue came forth. Mm -hmm. And so we have right in creation family. We've got marriage, which is the basis of family, and we've got the raising of children. So God is father, Christ is husband, and this happens in creation uh, in our understanding. So we we glimpse these, these theological truths in creation. And so ideally, if you were to look at at my family, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to brag, and I certainly mm. mess up from <laughs> on, a, on a persistent basis, but in theory, you should be able to look at my family or yours, Nick, and see the fatherhood of God and the love of Christ for his church and the bride responding to her husband. Mm. And it's all anchored in creation. So the fact that we are male and female and the fact that we have an ability to produce children from creation is because God is speaking to us about his own relationships with us. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm. But there's more to it than that because you've mentioned the Sabbath or rest. There is a daily rest, of course, isn't there? Yes. We go to sleep. Yes. Now, what is God saying to us through that? Well, he's reassuring us about our death and resurrection. Mm -hmm. It's a very powerful thought. And I love to speak about this, especially ahead of Remembrance Day, and we may come back to that a bit later. But when we go to sleep, we are rehearsing dying. And when we wake up, we are rehearsing rising. So the sleep-death analogy is very clear in Scripture. Jesus said that the little girl wasn't dead, she was asleep. They all laughed at him, but mm-hmm. then he raised her from the dead. Uh, as far as Jesus was concerned, it's, it, she was merely sleeping, even though she really was dead. And then he said about his friend Lazarus, our friend Lazarus has died, but I'm going there to wake him up. And Paul says, wake up, O sleeper, and rise from death and Christ will shine on you. The sleep-death analogy. So built into creation is this wonderful reassurance that all of us will die and rise. And as if we're in Christ, we will rise to life. So we need not fear death any more than we need, need fear going to sleep at mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful reassurance in creation. Every human being must uh, rehearse this. If only we could understand what God is saying to us. So atheists say, oh, you Christians, you you say there's a God. Why doesn't he say something? He's speaking to us through creation. Uh, It's like he's bombarding us with information through creation. We we see everything that's knowable about God, Paul says, by looking at creation. So uh, we believe very much in creation, and it's a wonderful way to speak to us about the things of God. Mm, That's wonderful. And you mentioned uh, the Remembrance Day, um, which uh, will come very soon. It's coming up. Um, Yeah, what what would you like to say about that? Well, very briefly, uh, that's coming up on Wednesday, and uh, you can see me wearing my red poppy here. (laughs) Uh, 
uh, which the listeners will have to imagine. But the red poppy is the first plant to spring to life when a soldier is buried or when there is a battle because the seed responds to the disturbance. But the seed is like going into death. And Paul speaks about the seed going into the earth. What you plant is different to what grows. The seed is very different to the plant. Mm. The plant is glorious, whereas the seed is humble. Uh, And remarkably on Remembrance Day, one of many things which occur is the trumpet call separated by a minute of silence, which is denoting the soldier asleep in the grave. So the last post that's played, which normally is the instruction to go to sleep, but it's played first, and then the rouse, which is the instruction to rise up from the bed, mm. to, to wake up and then to rise up. So between going to sleep and waking up is the minute of silence. We have to die before we can rise. Mm. So that will be explored in the actions of Remembrance Day, if only we could understand the story. Yes, yes. That's very important. And uh, not only we're talking about creation, but, you know, through Jesus Christ, we can understand recreation. Exactly. And uh, that's wonderful. David, thank you so much uh, for being able to come with us today. May God bless you. And uh, as you continue to go and share the wonderful uh, work you do, you know, from Family Voice Australia, uh, may God's uh, blessings be with you. Thank you, Nick. of our God and King Lift up your voice and with us sing Alleluia Alleluia Thou burning sun with golden beam Thou silver moon with softer gleam Oh praise Him Oh praise Him so strong ye clouds that sail in heaven long oh praise him hallelujah thou rising morning praise rejoice ye lights of evening find a voice oh praise him oh praise him
Hallelujah, that was a wonderful song, All Creatures of Our God and King. We are talking today about, um, is biblical creation dead? We discussed during the week about um, creation and evolution. Do origins matter? Or what is biblical uh, creation? Uh, could God have created the world by using evolution? Did Jesus teach and believe biblical creation? But today we really want to search to see where are we in this aspect of believing the biblical creation? Our co-host today is uh, Ross Craig joining us uh, from Western Australia. And Ross is a pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church serving there in the beautiful Western of Australia. Ross, welcome to the program. Hey, Nick, it's great to be here again. Now, uh, I'm just thinking to see if we can hear you properly. I think, yes, if we, if you speak loud enough, uh, probably we can hear you. <laughs> if you shout from there, we may hear you over, over here in South Australia. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I used to be a teacher. I'm good at speaking loudly. <laughs> That's great. That's great, Ross. Hey, um, it's very good to have you with us, uh, joining us today. And uh, we are going to, you know, bring to conclusion uh, all those questions we asked during the week. And it's an amazing topic, you know, to, to be able to look into this and see what the Bible has to say about um, creation. And Ross, what do you think has caused such a statement to, to ask ourselves, you know, is biblical creation dead? That's a, that's a very good question. And it's one that's been around, well, not really for that long when you think about it. It's only really been in vogue, I suppose, for the last hundred years or so. And it's a, it's a tough one because I get the feeling sometimes that people want to see, well, what they believe, they want to see scientific evidence. And uh, unfortunately, there are some very loud people uh, in society these days that are supporting the evolutionary theory. And regardless of what any scientists say, it is actually a theory. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that a bit later on. But there are some scientists around who will say, well, it doesn't even rate as a theory uh, because of the the questionable scientific method that they use to to try and prove to us. But I have a feeling the reason that this uh, the statement about biblical creation being dead is around is simply because there are louder voices out there. Basically, well, there are some scientists out there who, if you even attempt to suggest that the Bible can be taken as it is written, mm-hmm. uh, they they will attack you on a very personal basis. And there's one guy in particular that I'm sure we've all heard of, a, a biologist by the name of Richard Dawkins, mm-hmm. who interestingly over his career has made some um, conflicting statements, but we'll talk about that a bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, he is one that will come out and, and basically tell you that you're not a real scientist or you're just a um, grasping at straws, it's ridiculous to think that there could be a, 
uh, a creator god. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I sometimes feel that uh, hey. for some of these big scientists to admit it, it's going to take a bit of. Mm. Human pride gets in the way. Yes, you're right, you're right. And, you know, uh, as you just mentioned about this, you know, uh, the scientific point of view, I mean, uh, Ross, do all science, uh, you know, uh, or um, people who believe in, in, in science, you know, do all of them believe in evolution? Oh, awesome question. No, they don't. And there was a time uh, when a majority of scientists believed in creation. I mean, we can go through some different aspects, some of the different fields of science. You have a look at, uh, well, let's have a look at physics. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest names in the world of physics is a guy by the name of Newton. He firmly believed in a creator God. Then we have guys like Faraday, Maxwell, Kelvin. He's the guy that they uh, named the Kelvin temperature scale after. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Joule, Joule is is a measure of energy that we teach today. He was actually a scientist, and he believed in creation. We look in the field of chemistry. The guy that Boyle's law is named after, Boyle, he believed in creation. Dalton and Ramsey, in biology and in geology and in astronomy and in mathematics even, Pascal is a big name. He believed in creation. We look at astronomy. The guy, most people have heard of somebody called Copernicus or Galileo or Kepler, all mm-hmm. of these guys mm-hmm. believe, believed in a creator God. All right. We can, look at, we can even look at the modern day. There are, it has been reported in a number of scientific journals in it, as, as early as even 10, 15 years ago, the number of scientists who now firmly believe in creation is probably the fastest growing group of science scientists mm-hmm. in the world it's not by any means the majority yes but it's the fastest growing group and there are some guys out there with very impressive credentials yes yes i mean um, uh, ross um, it always uh, been this way uh, i mean that evolution is being taught as fact i mean uh, uh, today you go to in all the curriculums and you know it's almost like no place for creation that is so true. That is so true. And again, there's those loud voices that uh, feel that they have something to prove. Um, a, a good friend of mine, when I was studying just a few years ago, uh, he he was studying, uh, he was actually doing his PhD mm-hmm. um, at a big university in, in Victoria. Uh, and he mentioned to some of the other PhD students there that he believed in creation and uh, he would he would tell you that the looks on their faces were just they were dumbfounded that somebody as intelligent as this guy is who was studying a PhD would believe in something like creation. Right. He then went to the head of his department um, and and said to the, the the head of a scientific research department at a major Australian university and said to him, "Look, you can't you can't prove." evolution and this this guy's response was something that has stuck with me and will stick with me forever mm-hmm. his response was no we can't prove evolution but you can't prove creation and evolution 
is the best explanation we have for how we got here that does not include God. Right. Wow. That's interesting. And that, that is fascinating. This is, this is a guy who's the head of department of a scientific research university in Australia. Mm, mm. Uh, also, um, no, I, I remember, Ross, that um, you, you're saying, you know, that you were uh, a science teacher um, yeah. uh, at, at some time before you enter into ministry and uh, talk about, um, um, you know, uh, the Bible and the creation. I mean, did, did you have any difficulties with the creation versus evolution when you were teaching science? Well, it's, that's, that's, it's fascinating because when I started my teaching career, I actually started teaching in a Christian school, um, uh, in, in Queensland. And, uh, I, when I first started, this was before I actually, um, moved away from God a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I felt, look, I'm going to be teaching at a, at a large Christian school. So there should not be any problems with my belief in creation. Mm -hmm. I was dumbfounded to find out that it wasn't even mentioned in the textbook. Right. And uh, we were being told at that stage that we needed to present evolution because that's what's in the curriculum, as you were saying, Nick. Uh, and I had a real problem with that. But the way I got around it, uh, before each... Before each time I would present the, the unit on evolution, I would ask, I would just say to the students, look, we're going to be looking at the evolutionary theory. Mm -hmm. This is a theory of how we all got here. There is also a thing called the creation theory, because I wasn't allowed to present it as fact, even though it was a Christian school. Uh, and I would, I would say to them, look, there's a, a few questions that uh, we just need to be aware of before we start looking at evolution. And they're all questions of if. Right. If, if there was some time in the deep, dark past when these atoms just exploded from nothing um, and started to make the universe, and then if uh, there was these chemicals in the bottom of the deep ocean uh, that the sun, and if the sun hit the water at the right angle, to give them the energy to start to to start to move together, and if they were able to then join together, and then if uh, they were able to start uh, this thing called life, and then if they were able to grow, and if they were given the right nutrients, mm -hmm. and if they were then able to divide and multiply, and if this, and if, and if, and if, and if, and if, and if, and if all of that happens, then we get man. Yes. On the other hand, if there is a God, the rest is fact. Right. Okay. Okay. And, and, uh, and yeah, this is also, you know, I mean, you touch on this, but, uh, I'm, I'm thinking you, I mean, were you able to teach creation? Were you able Not to teach creation? Not in the science classroom. Mm -hmm. Not in the science classroom. I could mention it as a theory in passing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I was completely amazed that at a Christian school, uh, we were told that, uh, creation was something that was to be left to the religious education instructors. Right. And, and do you reckon that was more like um, coming, as you just uh, pointed out again, uh, because that was in the curriculum, uh, and uh, you have to follow that. But uh, I believe there are lots, lots of people there in that school as Christians, which they will yep. uphold a, um, a 
creation point of view. But it's interesting that uh, uh, in education, we're talking about uh, education also, um, you you can believe one thing and you have to say another thing. That's quite strange, is it? It is, it is. And, you know, I think, uh, well, one of the reasons why we had to follow the curriculum so closely is we were taking some government support mm-hmm. at that school. Sure. So you want the government money? Unfortunately, sometimes it comes with strings attached. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Uh, and even in, uh, you know, politics, government, all those things, you know, um, there are certain things which uh, you have to read in between the lines. <laughs> yes. You know, and um, and to understand. But hey, uh, just before we are uh, moving on, and uh, I would like to take a short break again here. And before I I play this uh, next song, which is entitled A New Creation. I would like you to have a pen. Uh, I'm addressing my listeners now uh, to write the phone number down, the one which I'm going to give you, because I really want to give you a special DVD. And that DVD is um, uh, Darwin's Dilemma. And if you like to have that DVD in your hands, please send me an SMS right now as you listen to the radio on 0401. 305077. Again, the phone number is 0401 We may mention it again, this number. Also, you can visit our uh, website, faithfm.com.au or write an email info at faithfm.com.au. But right now, uh, let's listen to some music, a new creation with um, Cheryl Fletcher.
Welcome back. You are listening to Fate FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita. And our co-host today is Ross Craig joining us from Western Australia. And it's good to have Ross with us over the phone. And we are talking today about is biblical creation dead? Now, uh, Ross, uh, are you still there? Yes, I am. That's good. That's good. The technology worked, which thank Absolutely. God for that. Uh, that was an yeah. amazing song. That was a very good song by uh, Cheryl uh, Fletcher, A New Creation, talking about Jesus Christ, you know. And as we uh, looked at um, up to here in our program, you know, um, uh, looking at what people think about creation, particularly the scientific view, you know. Uh, we yeah. are going to approach a bit of a, a biblical view also, but I just wanted to to ask this, um, uh, Ross. Uh, we seem to always hear about uh, evolution as the origin of everything. Mm. Is there no scientist out there that in any way supports an alternative to evolution. And we mentioned a bit earlier that uh, there, and you said that, that many, many uh, brilliant minds, you know, and scientists, they, mm. they don't need to be evolutionists. That's exactly right. They don't. Mm. And in fact, um, some of the, the science, well, all of the scientists we mentioned uh, previously are recognized as founders of that branch of science. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we mentioned we mentioned Newton, we mentioned uh, Boyle, we mentioned Copernicus and, and Pascal. These are all scientists from history. But even today, even out there right now, we have scientists who are leading uh, in their field of study who believe in the biblical account of creation because they cannot see how evolution can fit with what we see in our world around us. We're told right back in the beginning of the Bible that in the beginning God created. Yes. It, um, and and it doesn't say what he created it from. It doesn't say that he, in the beginning, God launched you know, a probe or something into a planet and then let it just grow itself. It says that he created and then goes on to clearly explain that he created everything in the world that we see and beyond the world, because it talks about him creating the sun, moon, and stars as well. Yes. And he did that in a very defined period of time. I'm sure that earlier in this week, when we were looking at uh, the biblical creation account, there have been people who have tried to meld evolution and the creation week together by saying, well, maybe maybe the 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 day that it talks about evening and the morning being the first maybe that was a thousand years or maybe that was mm-hmm. a million years. Yes. Well scientists scientists today can clearly prove that that is just not possible. It is not possible. It just wouldn't work. Yep. It wouldn't work to have trees growing without the sun for Correct. a thousand years. Correct, yes. Um yes. And so we have some, some, some big names uh, from around the world. We have uh, uh, scientists. There's actually a guy called Dr. Russell Humphreys, mm-hmm. who's a nuclear physicist, and he is working in one of three National Nuclear Secu- Security Administration um, research and development labs in the States. 
He firmly believes that the creation week is how it happened. This guy's a nuclear physicist, mm, mm. You know, multiple PhD holder, and he firmly believes because he cannot see a, another way that we could have got here. Yeah. Uh, people have tried to – you'll hear from time to time people talking about this thing called uh, intelligent design. Yes. And I've heard the argument – from uh, evolutionists that, uh, well, you're just using intelligent design so you don't have to use the word God. Mm-hmm. And and that's not really true. That's not really true because if we look at any part of the creation account, any part of the Bible that deals with creation, um, the, the items that God created are so clearly signs of creativity, mm-hmm. of intelligence, the, just the human eye could not possibly have developed through evolution. Yes. Uh, the, and, and the human, just so many um, of our human systems, someone did a, did a one of these top scientists, uh, these top mathematicians, um did some statistics, and I don't know if any of the listeners like statistics, but he he calculated that for just one evolutionary step to happen, and when you think about what an evolutionary step is, that is there is a mutation in in the genes, mm-hmm. and that mutation is beneficial. Now, we know, and scientists today, there are scientists in the area of pharmacology, there are scientists in the area of organic chemistry and biochemistry who, who actually will tell you quite bluntly that there is no evidence today of any, any kind of change in an organism or any kind of change in, in the building blocks of the organism that has been beneficial. Right. There's, there's just no evidence out there, and there's even a even a scientist who who is a a big name in paleontology. Oh, his name's just slipped my mind. Um, John John Baumgartner, um, and he will tell you that if evolution was even if even if you're able to join the evolutionary theory to the creation theory and and have a day equals a thousand years or a million years or whatever. Yes. Even if God said, even if God just launched these these two cells and then just let the earth develop on its own, there should be millions, if not billions, of fossils out there that would show these steps. And there aren't any. Yeah, and, and you know, as you mentioned that, because more and more people, and I wonder why is this movement going uh, so strong uh, about theistic evolution? Because as you just said, you know, it doesn't make any sense, you know, when you just look at the, the evolution uh, point of view in many aspects. But people are thinking now, hang on, but what about, you know, theistic evolution? But as you just said, when you look at few things uh, very simple, in simple way, in, in principle, and you don't need to be a scientist. You don't need to be a, uh, uh, you know, you, you can be a simple, yep. faithful believer in God. And God yep. said that's enough for us, what's in the Bible, to, yep. uh, to believe and to, uh, to have salvation. And when you look at uh, those simple things that how can, um, 
you know, uh, for a thousand years, when uh, it's very clear in the Bible says that there was a evening, that there was a morning, and that was the yep. first day, and there was an evening, it was a morning, and it was the second day, and God created in each, and very specifically mentioning what He was creating, you know, creating yep. the light, creating the sun, creating mm-hmm. this, and then even, you know, then after that, the the Jew, you know, to come on the ground and so on. It's very interesting yeah. to consider that would have been uh, a thousand years or more, uh, something mm-hmm. a plant there not even have a drop of water, let's say, or uh, sunshine or mm-hmm. all, all those things. You know, this doesn't right. make sense. Uh, but anyway, yes, anyway, uh, sorry, 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 go ahead, go ahead, Ross. Yeah. And and if, if in the biblical account, uh, the the evening and the morning was a thousand years or if the evening and morning was a million years or however long they wanted to be, it would then completely obliterate the fact that we have a week. Mm, mm. You look in nature and we can see a 24-hour period that's the Earth rotating on its axis. We can see the month because the moon rotates around the Earth. Right. We can see the year because the Earth rotates around the sun. Nowhere, absolutely nowhere in astronomy or any of the sciences do you find a week. You're right. A seven-day period is only found in Scripture. Absolutely right, Ross. That's very important to to mention that. Yeah. Okay. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, just um, because time is time is going very quick as we talk about these very interesting things, uh, I I just wanted to uh, to mention again that um, we have that uh, beautiful uh, uh, DVD for you to watch and to see some of uh, Darwin's uh, dilemma. And you know, mm-hmm. the theory of evolution and all these things is not that long. You know, uh, just uh, a couple of hundred. Of years ago, uh, yeah. but let's uh, look at this DVD and and understand uh, what's Darwin's uh, dilemma. If you like to have that DVD, please send me an SMS on zero four zero one three zero five zero seven seven, or visit our website faithfm.com.au. Write an email to info at faithfm.com.au and we'll provide that DVD for you. Uh, free of charge, no obligation. And um, this offer is uh, available for you uh, this week. Don't hesitate to contact us. Uh, um, now, Ross, uh, can you tell us anything about uh, just um, what sort of dilemma did Darwin had? <laughs> well, the biggest dilemma that Darwin faced is this thing that's called the Cambrian Explosion. You see, people will talk about the uh, the different layers, and if you go back through the layers, you'll find different different fossils from different areas, and you'll find different fossils from different ages, and they'll walk back through the geographical column, mm-hmm. and the Cambrian the Cambrian layer is is the layer, uh, the probably the second oldest layer, and it's the one that has caused no end of. In fact, Richard Dawkins himself, the guy who will make fun of anyone that doesn't agree with him, the one who's who who will be so condescending upon anybody that believes in in God, he himself can't explain well the origins of everything, and he can't explain the the uh, Cambrian layer. Mm-hmm. They call it the Cambrian explosion. 
So you have this layer below the Cambrian layer, which is called the Precambrian layer, and in there they find fossils of, of very uh, simple organiza- organisms, mm-hmm. single-cell organisms, but then within the matter a very short period of time in terms of evolutionary time, yes. of, in almost the, the blink of an eye, these organisms have gone from single-cell very simple organisms to multi-cell complex organisms that we can trace through to being uh, around today. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Not not that some of these fossils are still alive today, but they're they're going down through the generations. You can see evidence of them still being around today, um, and it all happened in the blink of an eye, which can't be explained. Dawkins himself, um, he says that without gradualness, we are back to a miracle. So he he understands that uh, for the evolutionary theory to be able to take place, it needs expanses of time that are just outside outside any 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 sort of human understanding. Mm. Um, you know, for, as I was saying before. For a for a single organism to to get a beneficial uh, change to happen, the chances of that happening happening are one in ten to the seventy fourth power. Wow! Now that is that is fairly similar to if we had a blind person and we sent them out into the entire galaxy and said, "Pick an atom." Right. That he would he would pick the right atom that we were talking about. It's it's inconceivable. Wow. Absolutely inconceivable. That's amazing. Hey, uh, Ross, I mean, uh, I just want to remind our listeners uh, right now, uh, it's uh, better to send us uh, SMS. I know the phone is ringing and uh, we are not able to take some live uh, calls just now because we are also short of time now, almost to, mm-hmm. um, to close. Uh, but if you have uh, questions and... Um, You know, you can uh, send us a, uh, a message or visit our website, uh, write an email, uh, uh, as I mentioned a bit uh, earlier. I'm just um, going quickly, uh, Ross, to ask you um, a couple more questions and then we'll bring a little bit to, uh, to uh, uh, you know, to wrap it up uh, this uh, this program. Uh, but back, uh, back uh, a little bit before you said that um, some of the scientists, you know, you mentioned that they believe in creation. Can you give some details about what they use as a, as evidence? Sure. Absolutely. Well, again, uh, there's the, the layers, the layering. Um, scientists will look at something like the Grand Canyon mm-hmm. and uh, evolutionists will explain it away by being uh, layer laid down upon layer, laid down upon layer over millions and millions and billions of years. Uh Well, if you actually look at the geologic landforms and the sedimentary features of that particular structure, you can see that it can't have taken millions and billions of years because there is no vertical erosion. Things along the lines of the the fact that there is no there is no transitional fossils. There are no fossils around that show all the mistakes that should have been made by evolution because evolution 
believes in uh, survival of the fittest. Yeah. Um, so when there has been a uh, a transformation or there's been a mutation uh, in an organism that wasn't beneficial, that organism would have died and they, you know, there are no fossil records of anything like that mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. all. Uh, something that's really interesting is that there have been, and if people want to check this, check out something quite astounding, um, there was a scientist who recently, or not recently, but a few years ago, found a massive T-Rex bone. Okay. And when they cut the T-Rex bone down to transport it, inside it they found soft tissue, which shouldn't have been there if the the dinosaur fossil was 70 million years Oh. All right, all right, and 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 Ross, I mean, if I'm hearing you right here, then the yeah. answer to the question is biblical creation there. I mean, that answer to that question is no, is no. it? Absolutely right. It is not. It is far from dead. In fact, it is more alive than some of the some of the fossils they look at it ever were. Wow, oh, and um, are you really confident, uh, Ross? Then. The creation is the origin of everything, and why? Uh, absolutely, I am super confident. Having been in the science field myself, and having asked all those if questions, um, there's just too many ifs. I believe that uh, for someone to believe in evolution takes as much faith, if not well, it takes more faith mm-hmm. than to believe in a god, and. Now, being a minister, um, I've got to say that believing in the creation means that we believe in a God who created us because he wanted us, not because he needed us, and he created us because he loves us. Mm. And he gave us everything we need back in the Garden of Eden some 6,000 years ago. And if he created us, he did it for a purpose. And having... Having seen what the evolutionary theory means in our future, it's not a pretty picture. Mm-hmm. It is disheartening. It is, well, you, you die and that's it. Whereas with creation, we're told quite clearly that God is going to not, not just come again, but he's going to recreate. So the creation idea of being the origin of everything gives us a future and a hope. Absolutely. And as uh, earlier in the program, we, we talked to uh, David from uh, Family Voice Australia, and he shared with us uh, also beautifully how um, the creation, you know, um, uh, represents more than only, um, you know, uh, just believing that God created the uh, uh, heaven and earth, you know, but everything else, everything else yeah. falls in place. If you look at the creation point of view, family, as you mentioned a bit mm. earlier, uh, uh, we talked about Sabbath, like the the cycle of the week, um, yep. and all those yep. things fall in place because uh, of the uh, creative hand of, uh, of that Almighty Almighty God. And I was just uh, going to mention um, quickly that um, you know, if you look into the Bible, you you can understand God and believe in God, and there are five ways. You know, God spoke, you know, and can be uh, revealed through nature. 
for example. Yeah. Uh, he was revealed through the prophets. He was mm. revealed to his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, he's revealed, interesting, this, this I want to just uh, leave with our listeners also, through the relationships. And mm. you know how uh, much the relationship, the family bond, all those things are attacked these days? Yeah. Uh, because that's again uh, part of God's creation. Now, Ross, just in one or two minutes, um, if you like to just say to our listener, uh, yourself, as, as you mentioned, as um, teaching science, but now as a pastor, uh, what would you say? Uh, to somebody who may have that big question uh, about uh, creation and evolution? I would, I would firstly say that um, the evolutionary process will not explain why they have that question to start with. Mm. Uh, evolution cannot explain why we have a moral code uh, because we, well, And I really recommend that people who who are questioning the origins of anything, by all means, do the research on the evolutionary theory. Mm-hmm. But dig deep. And then beside that, dig deep into the scriptural um, account of creation. And you'll come away feeling positive about your future you'll come away feeling that uh, whatever is going on around in this world today isn't all there is mm. and isn't all that there is ever going to be. You'll come away knowing where you came from and you'll come away knowing why you are here. That's one of the biggest questions people face today. Why am I here? Yeah. Uh, well, the Bible will tell you exactly why you're here. Evolution mm will tell you that you've been a fluke, you're a mistake, you're a chance happening. That is no way to live one's life. All right. Creation and God will give us a peace that we just can't find anywhere else. All right. Thank you very much, Rose. That was uh, wonderful to be able to have you with us today. Uh, would you mind just to close with a word of prayer, please? Absolutely. Father God, the one who who knew exactly what he wanted and created us because he wanted us, because he loves us, because he has a relationship desire. God, we just ask that you help all the listeners today. Lord, let them call in and get a copy of the DVD because it explains so much in so much detail. And, Father, encourage us to look more deeply into your scriptures where we can find that peace, where we can find that hope for the future. Blessings for the remainder of this week, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much for joining Nick Rita and uh, Ross uh, Craig from Western Australia today on uh, Drive Time Big Q&A. Uh, please join us again uh, in the next program as we are going to look into the Is the New Age All That New? Until then, May God richly bless you and keep walking in the footsteps of Jesus. I'm leaving mm. you with this beautiful song, creation song by Fernando Ortega.
wraps himself in light as with a garment. He spreads out the heavens and walks on the wings of the wind. He sends forth the springs from the valleys, they flow between mountains. The birds of the air dwell by the waters, lifting their voices in song, singing Sing praises to my God. 